so we read till here that there is a yoke imposed by birth in time what does it mean the moment the soul enters into a human body upon earth it is immediately comes in the field of forces which are here it's understandable if i enter into a uh, you know i'm <coughs> taking a flight so whatever one is but the moment you land then you come under the law of the land from that moment onwards so same way the moment one enters into the earth atmosphere and takes a human body all the forces which have held sway upon earth from days of adam they begin to affect you because they are natural uh, they are the kings so you can't tell them that i am i have come from the kingdom asli kingdom they'll say okay but here you have to follow our law so this is the yoke but there is something in us which can undo this whole process and that is the spirit's timeless power so this is the basic logic <laughs> for only the unborn spirit's timeless power can lift the yoke imposed by birth in time nothing else so that alone can <laughs> change <clears throat> change the law only the self that builds this figure of self <laughs> very beautiful expression so there is the self with a capital s and there are many figures of self that we can experience anyways in our life so many small selves we experience even in one day there is a god like self there is a human self there is an animal self and worse things which human beings experience as the day transits but behind them all there is the unborn self timeless self and that can change everything can raise the fixed interminable line that joins these changing names these numberless lives so when we look <laughs> in one life we become one person in previous <laughs> life previous life so where is the connecting thread and who holds the thread where is that knowledge so that knowledge is deeply embedded in our soul <clears throat> so one of the things that happens when you discover the soul is that the knowledge of these previous lives will begin to come but it doesn't come like a fancy it will come through glimpses flashes because they are embedded it's like each part has its own memory so emotions have their own memory so when you face a similar situation again past emotion may come up isn't it same with the body it has its memory <coughs> so so there is a soul memory and once it has the memory then you can see the connecting thread the whole connecting thread is there it's not like 100 lives are revealed the way it is told in puranas they are flashes glimpses but enough to give you an 
understanding of the thread which is running through your life. These new oblivious personalities and keeps still lurking in our conscious acts the trail of old forgotten thoughts and deeds disown the legacy of our buried selves the burdensome hardship to our vanished forms accepted blindly by the body and soul now the classical example for this is in mother's agenda when mother describes satprem and sujata's relation much many of us must have read it classical example accepted blindly so in the first life he for some reason goes away and commits suicide she is very distraught he sees his wife he turns away from her and she commits suicide in the second life he has this strong ascetic tendency and feels human love is a bondage human love is a bondage he goes away he commits suicide she also commits suicide now in the third life he is bond with very strong tendencies to commit suicide but with a need of love like anything else so if you read his letter he says mother i have these needs in me one of them is i have a need of human love and that's when mother puts sujata's hand in his and then she explains this whole thing she says <coughs> don't worry this tendency is a karma from the past but it'll go away and then she describes even a moment aspiration is enough to <laughs> wipe away the karma as far as she is concerned she mother says very beautifully there is not even a trace of it trace of it when she did last time then itself it was wiped away yes then previous life then itself it was where huh yes it was wiped away it, she came clean there was no trace of it Yes, seven times, uh, <coughs> murder and suicide. Murder is very heinous. Utkat karma. Either any, uh, if you commit murder, uh, these are very strong. Yes, that was grace. Yes, there is no other way you can do it. So grace completely <laughs> cancelled. So even for satprem, it was cancelled. so subsequently you know in this life he was freed from it so you see because this is anyways an incarnation of grace so there are tendencies from the past which we carry of course there can be good tendencies also like for instance there can be a person who is born warrior not like just because kshatriya but because he is very strong or somebody <laughs> strongly identifying with the freedom struggle many people you know would have died that time and you feel very strongly it's in your blood so these are the tendencies we carry and they keep us down because when we have to go beyond they are the one which will hold us back so how to get rid of them the key is here because there is no other way you can access the unborn timeless power except through the psychic door there is no other way <coughs> so we accept blindly because we don't even know an episode in an unremembered tale an episode in an unremembered tale 
its beginning lost, its motive and plot concealed. A once living story has prepared and made our present fate child of past energies. So, uh, this is very clear that, you know, <clears throat> what we are experiencing now is a small fraction. And that's why we should not run away from difficulties because there's a chance to get rid of them. If we run away, then it comes back in a more violent, more violent form because you're trying to avoid. Face it once for all and go through it and get rid of it. That's why sometimes there is a lot of meaning in accepting life as it comes. Because you have accepted it. That this part of uh, um, whatever destiny has given me. Let me take it as it is and keep offering and come out of it. So this used to be uh, there in the previous times. This attitude. And uh, at one place mother says, <coughs> How to reconcile acceptance and change. So that's where she says you must learn first to accept. That empowers you to bring the change. So, I hope you are not coming in the way of the... Oh, acha acha, that's all. The fixity of the cosmic sequences fastened with hidden inevitable links. Now, this is not just... We all think, oh, this is my karma... Uh, or my life story, this another. Uh, it's true that there are countless stories running parallelly, but not independently. They are all interconnected, interwoven. So there is somebody who uh, has to undergo a certain experience uh, where you are the person you have to play a certain role and somebody else has to go through another experience or you have to undergo another experience where somebody else plays a certain role and it's all interconnected, interwoven. It's a cosmic play which is going on. And so you cannot just abruptly cut the knot. You have to <coughs> make the most of it and the best is of course offering and doing your best. Some people who try to cut the knot abruptly actually make it worse. So that's that's how. Supposing there is a relationship and you have a big issue. And you say, I don't care, you cut it. You go another relationship. I don't care, you cut it. <laughs> issue is not relationship and the person issue is inside me I need to solve it <laughs> otherwise uh, it will show up in one way or the other in hundred ways that is given to me to help me to grow the moment I understand it then my whole orientation towards life will change you know like ascetics try to do or some people try to do so uh, I mean there are people who have uh, tried to avoid certain things when it came to their life and uh, created a greater problems. Uh, in one of the places when mother was asked, uh, we are supposed to love only the divine. So what do we do when human love comes in our life? She said, go through it. It is the best preparation for yoga. Go through it. It is the best preparation for yoga. Hmm. Yes. And then she explains what it means. So she says that when you do, learn to love unselfishly, without any expectation, just the practice of giving. Then one day you will touch behind it the core, the principle of divine love. And you will be freed inwardly 
without anything to do with the person because it never had anything to do with the person then you are inwardly free it doesn't matter <laughs> whether you get this return that return you are free inwardly so this uh, amazing and then she says that on the other hand if you try to cut it then most often you will wash the baby with the bath water and you lose the capacity to love which may take centuries few births to recover just that capacity to love Yes. Love is understood in the normal sense in another manner. In the normal sense, I'm see. That's what she says. Normal sense. So, because human love is human love, it's not divine love. Uh, but this human love is a base material. Put take it like that. Uh, you will work with what you have. No. So, human love is a base material, and uh, this material has to be. use this material has to be used if you uh, it will not happen that suddenly one day you will experience divine love or divine love will come in your life it won't happen yeah. uh. as you said there's a legacy of marriage mm. so after marriage this is the way but love can be given in many ways yeah 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 that's what is the not at all the the absolutely absolutely love must change its human ways to ways divine at the same time if it has to be a uh, you know one way to look at it is giving breakfast of course i quite agree ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <clears throat> but there is another dimension of it love by its nature implies the joy of service so you do it because there is a joy i mean i i feel like that that you know uh, if you love someone you want to do something now you may not do this way but in some other way isn't it that comes naturally when you love but of course when it's an imposition it's a terrible thing to do ah uh, and because it's tradition because every day you have to do it as a duty then it is no more love but there is a joy of service even if the other person does not understand all one's life you will keep growing Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Through this. Yes. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, that's what. So one doesn't have to do any of these things. But see, divine love is something which only gives itself to creation. It never wants. So that means if we want the human love to be transmuted, we have to learn to give. At one place, somebody, someone asked the mother very beautifully <clears throat> about freedom and servitude. So they said that you know, uh, she tells a short story then. somebody has asked mother we want freedom then you know how about service so she says ah you know the story when somebody asked a sage that i want to be independent so the sage said yeah oh is it then you will not have love and she is so true 
and then she gives a very uh, logical link she says what is the freedom which is possible to human being uniting with the divine there is no other freedom all other freedom is illusory i will do the way i want to do i'll get up at my own time i'll make my own at my own time that is not freedom we think it is freedom but to do the divine will to so how to reach the divine will the fastest way is through love and service <laughs> so love and service leading towards freedom and not taking away freedom so she explains it very beautifully <clears throat> you see in her own life to what extent she goes to because she has taken to convert one of the asuras i mean it's unimaginable that how she goes through and these challenges are given for us to grow Yeah, yeah, it's not limited to husband wife. Yeah. Any kind of love, any kind of compassion is kind of a not kind of a is a way to the divine. Yes, but uh, compassion is a uh, slightly different. Yes, absolutely, it's a way to the divine love. Actually, everything can become a way to the divine. Everything human can become a way to the divine love. So the she must. disrupt dislodge by her soul's force her past a block on the immortal's road make raised ground and shape a new her fate then starts a new movement a colloquy of the original gods meeting upon the borders of the unknown her soul's debate with embodied nothingness must be wrestled out on a dangerous dim background so who are the what are these forces which uh, <laughs> range of forces which weave over fate a little event of a life they range from the gods up and the dark forces below together they conspire so you see in many of these indian stories how the gods and even the titans are conspire to create fate present us on a platter fate fate is creation of all these countless forces so <clears throat> her being must confront its fathomless cause against the universe ha uh, her being must confront its formless cause against the universe weigh its single self so <coughs> embodied nothingness is of course death she must fight the original gods they must be willing to release because they are, they have made the law and death is only a keeper of the law that's how death is yama so if you ask yama yama will say madam i am sorry i am only a small little pawn you people have made me big but there is those guys up there they have decided you see when mother went to she used to look in this direction and used to see a huge like a grotto a huge cave uh, lot of wealth is there and is guarded by a huge serpent so she asked this serpent say i need wealth let me go he said mother i i know who you are i can easily go away you can take the wealth 
but these beings, asuras, they will kill me. So out of compassion, she says, okay, you stay. I don't want you to be killed. Asuras have to be converted. <laughs> so this is how the whole plan goes. So you will say, I am, I am a small little uh, <laughs> fry. <laughs> there are the gods and the law, which later on death will say, that what can I do? It is the law. God has created this law. So, she has to, after conquering death, she doesn't immediately bring back Satyavan. She has to go to next level, where she has to debate with another, at another dimension by the, what can be called as the divine himself. Divine? Himself, I mean, he is cosmic divine. He will say that everything is interconnected. How can I release Satyavan without disrupting the whole link? So then the cosmic divine finally gets convinced. He says, okay, but get the mandate from beyond. So she goes beyond. So all that in a nutshell he has given here. On the bare peak where self is alone, with not, and life has no sense, and love no place to stand, she must plead her case upon extinction's words. You can't appease the gods by saying, you know, I love him so much. Please at least let him stay. Gods don't understand. There is this line in Love and Death where uh, Ruru is crying. He wants um, he wants his loved one, Priyamvada or Pramadvara, whichever way you say, to come back. So he is told, you know, gods don't listen to your tears they don't understand tears they don't know what is tears it's just some activity for them very amusing activity they don't know what is grief why because they don't they see, they are constantly seeing beyond the body so body life is like you know it's you um, for a child a toy may be too good uh, if it gets broken what do the parents say why are you crying I'll get you another better one that's it so for a parent to understand that it's not about getting another toy. It's about attachment to this toy. They don't, uh, you know, they think it's a toy that the child wants. But it's not a toy. It is the attachment, the meaning, the value the child gave to the toy, which he, the nourishment he draws. Now it will take him time to build that bond with another toy and it may never happen. So, the same, same way with the gods. They don't care. They don't understand attachment. They don't need attachment. They are immortals. But human beings, because the life is so limited, we go through attachment, affection. These are steps of our recovery. So, that's what... <clears throat> so, what do the gods understand? He is told, they understand sacrifice. Are you willing to sacrifice something of yours? That they understand. <laughs> In the world's death cave, uphold life's helpless claim and vindicate her right to be and love. Where? Where love is not known. So you have to tell death, you know, I love him. But there is nothing like love. That's how it appears. He has to carry there and vindicate her case, a right to be and love. So, 
and then something very beautiful altered must be nature's harsh economy <clears throat> see what is harsh economy you are given a loan so you take a loan very good somebody has helped you but the loans interest rates are multiplying so at the end of the time you are sunk <laughs> debt so <laughs> this is a harsh economy so the way nature operates is a harsh economy why because something i may have done in a previous life and now this life i don't even know i do more wrongs more ills more things are multiply because ignorance next life again i am told previous life's karma but which karma you don't know still in ignorance so this is a harsh economy acquaintance she must win from her past bond an old account of suffering exhaust strike out from time the souls long compound debt and the heavy servitudes of the karmic gods the slow revenge of unforgiving law and the deep need of universal pain so you see unforgiving law whether it's look at draupadi people often say lessons from mahabharata one of them uh, you should if you mock now you okay she laughed it's okay people laugh after all she laughed at a fellow who was probably worth laughing at <laughs> but okay she shouldn't have laughed but does it justify ah uh, i mean and strange people circulated on whatsapp one of the lessons of mahabharata because draupadi had laughed therefore does it justify not at all okay she laughed it was not a good thing to laugh <laughs> but <laughs> suffering yeah disrobed and massacre of millions of people who were no way concerned with the laughter so obviously there is something we have missed this is over simplifying lesson of the mahabharata so all the lessons were like that but this one struck me as the most uh, uh, ridiculous of all that drop the laughed therefore there was mahabharata so that means tomorrow if you by mistake mock me so i am justified in gala kato to and it's like a jihadi explanation of things no? <laughs> how dare you speak i am going to behead you this is nonsensical <clears throat> yeah 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 exactly exactly yeah yeah and hard sacrifice and tragic consequence so this is the story up till now we find in earth hard sacrifice tragic consequence look at the life of the gurus and the kind i mean uh, shubhendra speaks so highly he says or when you look at he says three places spirituality uh, was nurtured in india during that eclipse phase so one is the western part the eastern part and the southern part and then he describes in the western part it was through the gurus the sikh gurus actually sikh gurus now we use the word actually it, it had no meaning the lineage of gurus so and then he says what kind of sacrifice they were characterized by sacrifice courage i mean you can't do that without that imagine children being uh, that is what people know they know about children being uh, put inside a prison they don't know about the family which helped the children 
was whole family i mean it's uh, unspeakable the family was put in a grinder and ground to death these are the facts historians don't talk about it i mean to even speak is so why because they felt sympathy for the children they were dying of cold and thirst so i think narayanas what was his name he was a pandit uh, he used to get some milk and quietly hide it and give it to the children so the family was the his entire family was put in a giant grinder help help means ha ah, you suffering so you just give some milk no ha ah. etle ha nothing no help it just little milk he was trying to hide and give there was not even help and this was the kind of uh, life they went through and of course we know guru gobind singh and tek bahadur and their sacrifices so this is the kind of tragic consequence this is the f- now um, what crime they had done they they if at all they were the great renunciates and yet they had to suffer so this is the law on earth why because who has made the law this fellow called mr death and he has blamed it on the gods i have orders from above so this cosmic law must change she has come to change that to challenge it challenge it where in the same court <laughs> in the same court where the law has been made <laughs> so this is the uh, whole beauty of savitri <clears throat> out of a timeless barrier she must break penetrate with her thinking depths the voids monstrous hush look into the lonely eyes of immortal death and with a newt spirit measure the infinite's night <laughs> the great and dolorous moment now was close see again he is keeps connecting us with the physical reality he has given a profound truth and then he says that now that moment has come close moment means that day has is come close <clears throat> and he describes so beautifully i mean images sri arvindo uses are just simply uh, out of the box and beyond the blues look at this image a mailed battalion marching to its doom the last long days went by with heavy tramp long but too soon to pass to near the end mailed battalion marching to its doom is typical tiger hill in the beginning tiger hill tiger hill the people who were asked to attack they knew they cannot even stones will kill them but orders so they marched every step was long and yet they knew that end is inevitable the whole battalion was finished just imagine you know what valor they didn't refuse the order they know how you know we are going to die and yet they paved the way for the victory so so now here sure window is describing 
that last few days of Savitri's before this day. So last few days were like a mailed battalion marching to its doom. <laughs> Each day is, where is it taking her? Toward the doom, doomsday. <laughs> yeah, when Satyavan must die. So again he is describing too long because such a day is too long at one level because you are, you know, when you are feeling sad that day is so long and yet you feel, oh, one day is gone. So, too soon to pass. Yet, the inevitable event makes it what is going to come. So, that makes it too short. <clears throat> Alone, amid the many faces loved, aware among unknowing happy hearts, her armored spirit kept watch upon the hours, listening for a foreseen tremendous step in the closed beauty of the inhuman wilds. So, she is... So, there is a... Imagine, you know, now she is becoming more and more like a sentinel watching for a footstep. Which way death will come? What does it sound like? How will I know? So she has been keeping a vigil over the hours. But see now the image will be consistent. He has taken the image of military. So the image will be of military. So where image will be of music, it will be of music. Then there will be an image of uh, ordinary everyday objects. So the whole image will be of uh, everyday objects. That is something... Uh, very beautiful and powerful about poetry. Consistency. So here, the consistency of image is, but who is she after all? So here now, Shrabindu uh, compares her with a warrior, a combatant in silent, dreadful lists. So God has a list of those rare warriors, not these uh, fellows who keep, you know, rare warriors who will war against all that is evil and dark and ignorant, the true samurai. So she is in that list and nobody knows that list. Silent, dreadful. Look, you know, you are the commandos of that kind. She is that. So a combatant, a combatant in silent, dreadful lists, the world unknowing for the world she stood. So there are people who do that kind of sacrifice and nobody knows what they have done silently, quietly. So she belongs to that category. No helper had she save the strength within. There was no witness of terrestrial eyes. The gods above and nature's soul below were the spectators of that mighty strife. Nobody can come in, in the way. Who, who can fight with death? <laughs> who can help her? She alone will take this combat. <clears throat> Around her were the austere sky-pointing hills. Now again he brings us back to the scene. So just as there was the Kurushetra, the battlefield. So what is her battlefield? God has chosen austere hills and the trees around very beautiful setting but <laughs> that the setting divine mother has chosen 
and the green murmurous broad deep thoughted woods muttered incessantly their muffled spell because of winds going through the trees and the green murmurous broad deep thoughted woods a dense magnificent colored self-wrapped life draped in the leaves vivid emerald monotone now you see um, great artists can mix different rasas muffled spell because it's muffled voice see when you when there is a sound and you put it, it's exact description so when you go through uh, breeze goes through the trees it's like it's full intensity has been muffled so it's a yeah exact description yeah yeah so you will talk but it will be muffled so in that sense so now you see look at how he is blending shingaras and viras i mean many places you will see such blends sometimes in one line shurabindra is blended to very different even contrasting emotions so that's where the beauty is <clears throat> draped in the leaves vivid emerald monotone and set with checkered sunbeams and blithe flowers <laughs> immured her destiny's secluded scene No, no, no! It's not on the way. It's okay. Best will be. Will let's get the exact, exact meaning, exact shade of meaning. Hmm. I thought it covers or something like that, or or create like that, you know. Ha! Ah, cover. That's it. So, ah. so it is like cover or you know, but against their will. Yeah. Immured her destiny's secluded scene. There had she grown to the stature of her spirit, the genius of titanic silences, <laughs> steeping her soul in its wide loneliness. Had shown to her herself's bare reality, and mated her with her environment. So that's the. <clears throat> every line is so powerful mated her with her environment she was equal match so all that he has described is also a description of savitri green deep thoughted woods and silences and you know all all that beauty uh, is part of her nature its solitude greatened her human hours with a background of the eternal and unique so that's where she is uh come prepared armed to face the battle in amid that nature lonely and alone <clears throat> now he describes that what was the beauty of that kind of life a force of spare direct necessity reduced the heavy framework of man's days and is overburdening mass of outward needs to a first thin strip of simple animal wants so you know when uh, the beauty of that life was that 
you uh, you are not overburdened by hundred things. Uh, you are not overburdened. So you know when there is very little things to do now, you see how we have made life more complex. Mental civilization. For every gadget, you know, sometimes I wonder if there are more gadgets. I, I face this problem. So I begin to, you know, reduce it. Why? Because I forget to charge this one or that one. The simple act of charging, you know, and remembering that you have to charge it takes your time. Then uh, I'm talking of just plug-in charging. And then, you know, many other things. You buy comfort, but actually in the end, you complicate your time everything much more so this is how uh, life has been organized by the mind whereas when the mind had not come in it was so much more easier for human beings to connect with the spirit why because what we need basic needs like food uh, all these things was so easy i mean you eat you have your ablutions take a bath and you have some simple dress to wear nice stars and sleep and that's life about Okay, you don't have luxury, you don't have uh, that kind of travel. But you had another kind of travel. It was the travel of imagination. Within and through, within, you know, people could imagine what things were on the other hand. So this is not against technology or science. It had to come. We had to go through the <laughs> human evolution. Mother speaks of it in one of the passages. She said the simple people <coughs> will... <laughs> will turn first because they don't have a complicated mind. The mind is like a fall. But she says, anyways, uh, ah, she says something very interesting. But most <laughs> difficult people are those who have a very developed intellect. She says that. She says, those who have worked upon themselves, she says, phew, that is the most difficult. Because why? I have worked upon myself, uh, all this. But simple people, they just come and give. And classic example, I am really um, uh, been all over, but I keep um, um, suggesting to all the devotees of Mother and Shivindu, go to Odisha in any one of the centers. Very simple, you will feel so nourished inside. And they will take care of you outwardly. And their love for the mother is just simply amazing. The way they love her, very simple, like Shabri and Kevat, uh, Nishadraj, that kind of love. But then says, however, this was necessary, this fall, because mental evolution is like that. It <laughs> cuts us off from everything. In cuts us off from the universe, makes us um, go through a narrow chasm, individualization. No, that's the process. And then after that, when you go beyond, then she says, of course, those who have gone through this phase and yet have the faith, their realization is far more greater. Bhakti is a very rare thing. Worship is there before knowledge. Ah, simplicity, they just open. Ah, yes, yes. Some A kind of bhakti. Yes, there is a kind of bhakti which is uncomplicated with this mental paraphernalia. Ah. That, no, that's what I am saying. So she says, when that happens, it has to go through. But when that happens, that is far more... Uh, yeah. But what she is saying is, there is a reason why she is saying. See, in mother's writings, there is a purpose. 
she is telling it in a class and to a group of people who are largely based here who look down upon the simplicity so they have to be told that don't think like that they are much closer to me that's why she is using this whole image which is a true image and then she says but once you go through yes but only when you have gone through that you can say that yes there is something worthwhile in you just because you have this here you can't just think that those who are here are and shobindo describes it very beautifully in one of the letters where he talks of two subspecies of evolving human beings uh, one he calls as homo intellectualis and the other is homo psychicus uh, <laughs> is to dilip kumar roy so he says that uh, uh, intellectualis he says but how do you know that the homo psychicus the realization will not be deeper and more profound like that it goes so he she is referring to those those who have gone beyond and really have the bhakti they are obviously far more richer and complex but here should not be mistaken with a sign of superiority yes so that's what she reminds yes the mind is the bridge yes it is the bridge to which you you have to go absolutely and the mighty wildness of the primitive earth and the brooding multitude of <laughs> patient trees and the musing sapphire leisure of the sky and the solemn weight of the slowly passing months <laughs> look how he brings us <laughs> and and the trees the sky and everything and then and the weight of the slowly passing months had left in her deep room for thought and god there was a drama's radiant prologue lived she had grown up in those hills and she had married in those hills and she has grown up you know amid those uh, waited for this moment a spot for the eternal tread on earth set in the cloistral yearning of the woods and washed by the aspiration of the peaks appeared through an aureate opening in time where stillness listening felt the unspoken word and the hours forgot to pass towards grief and change because you know um, it's the sameness it's not that like uh, today's life you know Um, some news is coming breaking news something is happening here on whatsapp something is going on uh, one <laughs> big problem of that is gossip have become a preoccupation of humanity so yeah yeah <laughs> but there she had that <laughs> time <coughs> now see how beautiful now there is a very very beautiful passage which will follow here with this suddenness divine advents have repeating the marvel of the first descent changing to rapture 
the dull earthly round love came to her hiding the shadow death here love had met and what is she is comparing love to the first descent when descent in the first first day we were talking about this story when <laughs> love descended to rescue creation that is why even now when love is born it rechange it changes our life though it cannot endure it because it mixes in the chalice with human ego and <laughs> all things so it is hiding the shadow death well might he find in her his perfect shrine nobody has made a shrine for this love so wonderful shrine so she is looking for that perfect shrine that's why ha nahi 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 love love she would find in her death is the shadow is hiding it's like a yes please come uh you want to do it now okay do it quickly so basic basic uh, just show me ha huh? don't uh, so basic thing is in in whole this uh, in all of this is looking for a shrine it reminds me of that famous couplet of bulesha what does he say mandir tod do masjid tod do bulesha ye kehta par pyar bhara dil kabhi na todo इस दिल में दिलवर रहता द डिवाइन बिलवेड लिवस इन दिस हार्ट दिस इज द टेम्पल अनफॉर्चुनेटली दे यूज इट इन ऑल द रॉन्ग प्लेसेज बट एनी वेज बिकॉज इज टॉकिंग अबाउट द दिल वेयर द दिलवर स्टेज नॉट अबाउट एनी या बट दैट्स हाउ दे पुट इट ओके थैंक यू सब ठीक है हाँ सब सावित्री देन वाई इट विल डिक्रीज इट टेक्स फ्यू डेज टाइम okay so that's the that's why he is looking for a perfect shrine look at this image that where we can i is there somebody who is ready to embody me now you see this passage this passage itself is all about you know uh, how to inculcate in us that state that attitude uh, what is the way which will prepare us lead us towards the psychic state so all this is there so beautifully so why has he come to her <clears throat> well love came to her hiding the shadow death well <laughs> mighty find in her his perfect shrine since first the earth beings heavenward growth began through all the long ordeal of the race never a rarer creature bore his shaft that burning test of the godhead in our parts so till now nobody carried this capacity to bear its fire like when you know about radha radha now the kind of surrender that she embodied people talk about surrender but if you look at surrender radha is an embodiment of that so when mother had come and bowed to shurbindo for the first time Shurbindo, one observation he made was Mira is born free. That is to his <coughs> brother. And another he said, up till now such a surrender 
had never <coughs> manifested upon earth. From head to toe, each cell of a body he could see is surrendered to the divine. This kind of surrender, seeing which he knew the time has come for the divine life to be realized. Now look at it. Divine life to be realized doesn't need uh, reading of the life divine. It needs the surrender of the divine mother. The time had come for the divine life to be realized. Why? Because he saw that surrender in uh, the divine mother when she bowed down. She gave everything right up to the. That was her capacity. To completely erase the past at one moment. After that she didn't feel, oh this is so difficult a place. Can we have little AC and how about you know uh, heat management. But maybe two months I will go to Paris because it's a cold climate. Nothing. She had to go away because of the war and even then she didn't want to go. And she says if only one Shurabindu had told me stay I would have stayed. Yeah. So she didn't. But still, 15th, 22nd February, ah, 14th. So 14th she came and 22nd February, 1915 she lived. And even then she says, I did something which one should never do. She left her psychic being here. This is called bhakti. Not one serious question. And she never jumped, danced, sang bhajans and said, Silent, quiet, <laughs> powerful, intense. What you want me to be, that I shall be. She didn't put herself forward. I want to do this, I want to do that. She would sit with every other sadhak. Just look at him. Of course, she taught them how to be in front of the master. So she would sit on the floor. So they felt embarrassed because they used to sit on the chair. With Sri Aurobindo. Sri Aurobindo would never say. He is a perfect gentleman. So the mother taught them and then people would feel embarrassed. Foreigner lady is sitting on floor and we guys are, you know. So they learned how to be surrendered before the master. Started cleaning, sweeping the place, everything she started doing. That is how she taught what is surrender and bhakti. To be what the divine wants you to be. Without calculation, without bargain, without anything else, without any conditions. So this is... <clears throat> so this Godhead, he describes, a, <laughs> a lightning from the heights on our abyss. So this Godhead is like a lightning coming from the heights. So what happens with the lightning? Only a moment it touches. And when it touches, whatever it touches, it finishes it and then it vanishes. But here that lightning has come, burning test of the Godhead, and come into her body and it is able to stay. So it's saying, what is this wonderful? She, she has bore the shaft of lightning of the power called love. So he says, maybe I can make my shrine here. <laughs> she can bear my intensity. All in her pointed to a nobler kind. So what we should be? Leave aside, we immediately want mystic processes. But just to be a human being who is moving towards a psychic discovery or at least touched by the soul. 
what kind of a human being that would be near to earth's wideness intimate with heaven exalted and swift her young large visioned spirit voyaging through worlds of splendor and of calm overflew the ways of thought to unborn things her mind was her thoughts were stretching towards the unborn unmanifest transcendent to bring new things into play what is not here harmony what is not yet here the bliss what is not yet here truth and it's is bringing that aspiring for that ardent was her self poised unstumbling will her mind a sea of white sincerity passionate in flow had not one turbid wave so again you see these are the things required which and they they to develop them is a sign that we are really progressing so her will which is self poised ardent once it has chosen it chooses not again decide see and she came in 1920 she didn't budge she had issues she had a family she had a child whom she loved and cared for she had a whole uh, background out there but she doesn't go she continues to stay but not like i am continuing to stay in pondicherry no because she wanted to serve shri arbindo when she was asked to come to orovel you know what she says she says my child as for myself i will be here because you know shrivindo samadhi is here that's it now that kind of love this is psychic bhakti what else it is shrivindo samadhi is here how can i leave him and when she is asked her reminiscences this is i came to india to meet shrivindo i lived in india to live with shrivindo and i continue to live here after his uh, passing is to continue to serve do his work which is that is what is her work in three short sentences he has summarized a life this is surrender this is yoga this is tapasya if you look at it this is love this is bhakti so entirely different kind of bhakti it has nothing to do with dancing jumping screaming uh, <laughs> singing bhajans you become the bhajan your life becomes the uh, worship again mother emphasizes so much on sincerity <clears throat> as in a mystic and dynamic dance a priestess of immaculate ecstasies inspired and ruled from truth's revealing world moves in some prophet cavern of the gods a heart of silence in the hands of joy inhabited with rich creative beats a body like a parable of dawn that seemed a niche for veiled divinity or golden temple door to things beyond uh, this whole passage that follows shri vindu himself has uh, labeled it as coming through and through 
over mind poetry. Because if you look at this, uh, just he is describing now the Divine Mother in a human form. So we'll read one by one these lines. As in a mystic and dynamic dance, you see, uh, in India, in there are temple ladies who dance in a temple. Uh, uh, and even all Odysseys, Kuchipudi, they are born in the temple. Temple dancers. Devdasis is one, but mystic and immaculate dance. Now, in this dance, you have certain mutras you are taught, but what is the basis of this dance? How she is dancing? As in a mystic and dynamic dance, a priestess of immaculate ecstasy. Whom is she worshipping? Immaculate ecstasies. The divine Ananda. Inspired and ruled from truth's revealing vault. None but truth dictates her steps. <laughs> Moves in some prophet cavern of the gods. A heart of silence in the hands of joy. Her heart has become completely quiet. It is no more moved by any of the worldly strings. But it is supported by hands of joy. Yes, together. A body like a parable of dawn. Even the inhabited with rich creative beats. A body like a parable of dawn that seemed niche for veiled divinity. Even, even the very body. As if it's a uh, yeah, cut out for divinity which is within and its glow is coming and showing up even through the body. So it's, it's radiant like dawn suffused with a hue of dawn. Our golden temple door to things beyond. So here we have the golden temple door also, which is leading towards things which are beyond. Immortal rhythms swayed in her time-born steps. Her look, her smile evoke celestial sense. <coughs> Even in earth stuff and their intense delight poured a supernal beauty on men's lives. This is how mother has done the yoga and this is how she does the yoga. See, it's very difficult for an average human mind to understand this yoga. Because we want to do something big, something, some process. There is a whole passage of Shurabindo in... Uh, Volume 12, I think it is there. It's part of yoga and the object. Where he says in traditional yogas, you have always some kriyas. So many times pranayam, so many japas, so many asanas, so many, so much time meditation. He says none of this applies here. Because this yoga is done by the divine. So <laughs> how does he do the yoga? You stand before her and gaze her smile. How can this be? But this does yoga. Ever you feel depressed, one should never feel depressed, but read this passage. Just reading the passage itself, reading Savitri is to engage in yoga. Now, how to describe this yoga? Some people will think it is religion, it is uh, forming a cult, but it's none of those things. 
Cult is formed when you convert others. Impose it. And it's not a religious belief system. You have to be touched within. It cannot be adopted as a belief. She has herself ensured. That's why in this yoga you may even live here. But you cannot turn to her unless she sanctions. Any amount of people telling you it won't happen. So, she has made sure that it won't happen like that. So, A wide self-giving was a native act. A magnanimity as of sea or sky enveloped with its greatness all that came and gave a sense as of a great end world. See, that is the beauty. This is the um, way in India actually one line of spirituality developed. See, one line is, one part is Vedanta and Yoga where you have the philosophical understanding and the practice is based on that. But there is another line which people have followed which is not, I am not talking of Tantra right now, but which is not given much importance. But I have seen it. I have seen it in my own life, I mean my parents' life and many people around, is simply by reading the life of Rama in Ram Charit Manas. What happens? How they are changing? They are changing. They develop such bhakti, such wonderful experiences. I mean Tulsi Das who wrote Ram Charit Manas, it is said that uh, once some burglars came to his house, they saw two beings, luminous beings pacing up and down with Dhanush Bhand. <laughs> they ran away. <laughs> Who are these guardians? Because this is how bhakti develops. There is no method of bhakti. See, by reading what is happening, there is manana. There is a kind of darshana. Because you are immersed in that. So, what will happen? All this will bring the psychic forward. Simply because no other part is much interested in it. But ultimately the soul rejoices. So, it won't feel like leaving. After all, if we really question ourselves, which part of us takes joy in reading Savitri and says, no, let us have it more? Exactly. So many, yes. Srimad Bhagavad. Why do people... So, this idea is more modern that I must do something. I must do something. This has come mainly post-Buddhism. Again, all is your own effort, your own effort. So, your own effort becomes so important, so prominent. Of course, your own effort is there. Even reading <laughs> Savitri is an effort. But that effort is not always... I mean, you have to cut down on many other activities and read. So... Yes. But he brings very clearly the grace without which nothing. And effort is also an inward effort. It's not about how many pranayam you do and how much meditation you do. It's an inner effort. Aspiration, ah, aspiration rejection and surrender. Triple labor. He uses the word triple labor. And we should go on all the time. And actually it has to go on all the time. When you will be caught unaware. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. So, what is her nature? She only knows to give. Her kindly care was a sweet, temperate sun. Now, you see, she has brought the entire sun with her. But 
she has to keep it behind it will burn so she brings forward just the kindly care temperate son simple everyday requirement of the disciples how she was organizing herself you know it's a unique thing in the history of mankind where the master is bothered about all these small little details of everybody life intimately not just standing behind and by a silent grace but intimately connected because that's the nature to give herself her high passion a blue heavens equipoise so what people would experience when they were in they came to meet her or came to know of her what was their experience like that he describes now as might a soul fly like a hunted bird escaping with tired wings from a world of storms and a quiet reach like a remembered breast in a haven of safety and splendid soft repose one could drink life back in streams of honey fire recover the lost habit of happiness feel her bright nature's glorious ambience and preen joy in her warmth and colors rule so that's what they felt see we talk about once one lady she told me herself i had come early days so i was sitting in maheshwari ji's place all of us were sitting and talking and this lady so you are curious how did people do yoga because nowhere it's so clear that do this do that so what what this yoga is about so this lady told i used to come early and uh, whenever i would come i couldn't go for balcony darshan also go even for balcony darshan so she used to feel very guilty but she couldn't get up from sleep so she wrote to mother mother i am so sorry but i can't help it i feel so sleepy so what would be mother's reply you can't even do this much you would normally think no you can't even do this much and you expect she says actually the question was sent through x she says tell her when daughters come to their mother's place they come to rest and sleep ah oh, who could give such a reply response huta wants to go away throws the flowers given to her back to mother mother you don't love me what is mother's response when she has gone to pack i am going away packing her things so mother sends a card through vasudha ben so card <laughs> she sees <laughs> she says mother has sent a card for you okay okay you can keep it i am packing won't you like to know what mother remarked after you left okay tell me what did she say mother said she doesn't know how much she loves me she is not even saying she has no idea how much i love her as if you know that would be still some justification and she does not know how much she loves me she has thrown the flowers given and made such a statement and she is saying she does not know how much she loves me and uta starts crying unpacks reads the card she lived on <laughs> now this was her way but 
to receive that love that's what she described there has to be some degree of preparedness readiness to receive that love that's what she describes so when she says world is not ready it means this and if you see that way where is the world ready even now to receive her love intellectual we talk you know there are many centers they hold annual conferences where people come discuss shurabindo and hegel and different uh, limbs of yoga and records of yoga and write books and everything but where are those hearts which can connect her like this so where is the world ready for receiving that love that needs self giving that needs burning of the ego in the fire of sacrifice this is easy it's a pastime activity human beings engage in so <clears throat> so when people ask that you know pondicherry ja ke kya milta hai bolna ye passage page page number 15 <laughs> line 161 se 168 itna bhi pad loge to aapko pata chal jayega humko kya milta hai <laughs> you know when you put your head at the samadhi what else do you feel a deep of compassion a hushed sanctuary her inward help unbarred a gate in heaven she is not making much ado about it not not telling her you know i am going to do this and inward help unbarred a gate in heaven love in her was wider than the universe the whole world could take refuge in her single heart who is an outcast you know when you read the gita what does shri krishna say the untouchable the man with committing crimes all can turn to her it doesn't matter no qualification required no preconditions you may have conditions for living in ashram joining this place that place that is a organization institution but turning to her no conditions asked who are you what's your background what is your religion <laughs> least of all are you a believer did your parents believe nothing love in her whole universe could comments at one time she says when ravindra ji asked for the his family suddenly came and he wanted if they could stay here and asked mother mother said you know my child i would want to give shelter to everybody who come here but my means are limited and that's why uh, they need not stay here i would like to shelter everyone wherever they are i mean why everybody cannot stay here is simply means are limited uh, it's not possible but still wherever you are if you have a heart open to her love to her you are sheltered ravindra ji so sometimes i make this distinction one is living in the ashram and quite another living in her heart you should ultimately goal is to live in her heart this is a means not an end so the great now he is connecting the great unsatisfied godhead here could dwell the great unsatisfied godhead is love here he could dwell 
Why is unsatisfied? He is never satisfied. He wants vastness. He wants that complete self-giving. And nobody is ready. Vacant of the dwarf self's imprisoned air, her mood could harbor his sublimer <laughs> breath. It cannot dwell where there is ego self, dwarf self. So there was no corner in her which had anything of and really, if you look at her life, how she could completely erase the past. Even Shurabindo. Look at his surrender. He's in the midst of uh, you know political struggle and he's regarded as a hero and gets one command, drops it and comes. Who will look after? Who has given me the command is looking after. Not that I must get the glory and win the Sehra. He has asked me to come there, go there. When he comes here, doesn't look back. Why? Because this is the command given to him. The work given to him. This is the kind of surrender Mother and Shirobindo have taught us. Spiritual that can make all things divine. For even her gulfs were secrecies of light. Even those areas of nature which we would normally call as dark areas, even there was no darkness there. They were also hidden aspects of light. At once, she was the stillness and the word. A continent of self-diffusing peace. An ocean of untrembling, virgin fire. Virgin here is in the sense which is given to none, nobody. It's completely given to the Lord. So that is the original, that is the conception, really the virgin Mary from whom Christ is born, that is the original sense. Such purity which is given only to the divine, it's only out of that consciousness that the Godhead can emerge. So that is the conception or of Buddha's mother. So it's not about the human facts which may or may not be true, that's not important. But as a symbol it is so beautiful. The strength, the silence of the gods were hers. In her, he found a vastness like his own. He is now is love again. It's continuing about love. His high, warm, subtle ether, he refound and moved in her as in his natural home. In her, he met his own eternity. Yes, love. He is eternal. You can't confine him, cage it, possess. You see, all that which comes with love. <coughs> Jealousies. <coughs> fears. That's not love. It wants vastness, eternity. So in her he could find. Ah, ask the mother again. Stop. Yeah.